Let's pray together and ask God to speak during this time. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, thank you for uh, everything that you are doing inside of our lives, God. I pray that you would take this time just to speak to our hearts. God, I pray that you would open up our minds, and I pray that you would search our hearts, God. I pray that you would do a mighty work in us and through us. I pray that we would see uh, the fruit of the work that you're doing in our church, God, the fruit of what you're doing in our individual lives. God, and I just pray that as we just sang, God, that we just... Just come to your feet, surrender now, so that we can, you can do a mighty work in us. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, this particular three chapters in the Bible are, are pretty incredible. Now, I love these three chapters uh, because uh, we see Jesus' teaching. And if you read through the book of John, um, he has this certain tone. And in fact, uh, there are moments where he gets into some pretty heated conversations with religious leaders, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. And uh, we see Jesus uh, perform miracles where he's uh, casting out demons. He's he Healing the lame. He's making the, the ones who, can, who can't see. All, the, all of a sudden, they can see, right? He's doing all of these incredible things. And these crowds, these masses are coming to follow Jesus. Well, when we get to about John chapter 13, uh, we see the mood begin to shift. We see where Jesus knows that now uh, he doesn't have months. He actually doesn't even have weeks. We're talking about hours as he's heading to the cross. And so Jesus' conversation begins to shift, and it becomes a little more intimate. And he's not out trying to draw these huge crowds. In fact, he's bringing the people he's closest to together. And he's saying the hour is about to come. And so he has this intimate setting. And you can notice here as we read in John chapter 15, uh, he kind of takes this different tone. It's a softer tone. It's almost this loving, this reassuring, this I want want you to know this as my followers. And we get to John chapter 14, and we have this beautiful set of teachings where Jesus goes, hey, I'm getting ready to leave, and I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven. And uh, he says, but I want you guys to know, you know the way. And then Thomas, if you ever heard of Thomas, we, he's got a nickname, Doubting Thomas, because he asks all these questions, right? He wants to see the evidence. And all of a sudden, he kind of, he's not scared. You know, he's got that personality. He just kind of raises his hand, uh, Jesus, uh, we don't know the way. Like, we, what are you talking about? We don't know the way. And then we get John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, if you, if you know me, you know my Father. If you know me, then you know the way. And then he goes into this of teachings that we're going to study here over the next four weeks. And he brings us in and he says, if you want to know how to still live with me, how do you live closely with me, even though I'm in heaven, because physically I won't still be here in front of you. But I want you to know how you can still live with me, right? And I'm sure we've had this question before in our minds. We've had this question before in our hearts. And uh, maybe we've talked to somebody who never really attended church, right? And they're going, how do you serve? How do you follow a God that you can't see, right? He's not physically there. How do you know what he wants you to do, how to act, how to interact? How, how, How does all of this play into effect? And these chapters right here, Jesus really brings us in. I want you to picture as you, as we read John chapter 15, today. I want you to to picture that Jesus is speaking to you. 
that you and him are sitting around a a coffee shop or sitting around uh, this dinner table or uh, this intimate group. He's invited you over almost to the upper room, right? And you're sitting there and he's teaching you things because he only has hours left to live. He's like, this. I really want you to get this. I really want you to understand this. These are the last things I want you to know before I go. And I want us, you and I to lean in and go, okay, gee, what is it? he's speaking to me in this as well. He's, he's talking to me through this in John chapter 15. And he begins to bring up this idea, this concept of, of called bearing fruit. And he's like, I want you to continue to bear fruit. Not that that you're following me, but I also want you to bear fruit in your lives. And anytime we read in the Bible when it talks about fruit or bearing fruit, it's talking about God's work in us and through us. And so if he talks about this fruit, and you're going to see this here in a few minutes. And I want to read um, the book of Psalms that just been blessing me lately. Uh, Psalms chapter 1 verse 3, it says this. It says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. What a beautiful piece of scripture. It's like they are like trees planted on the riverbank. Because they are planted by the river, by this water source, they are producing fruit in every season. Right? We see that verse and Jesus saying, I want this for my followers. I want this to where no matter what the season is, we can bear spiritual fruit, God's work in us and through us, no matter what season we're in. Right? That it can never run dry. That our leaves will not wither. And we see this theme happening happen throughout scripture. And so if we're asking, how, what does this look like? How, what does it look like for me? How do I experience this where I can have continued work in me and through me? God's work bearing in season and out of season. This is where we get to John chapter 15. And we're going to start here in verse 1. Everybody still with me? All right, very good. Verse 1, and it says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus brings in his disciples and he says, hey, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I love this term true vine because he's given us this uh, visual, this picture, right? You and I, we're not really in agriculture though, right? Like we don't, we don't go out and work in the, the vine, the yard and the, the wine press and we're not farming all of these different things, but they lived in that culture. They would look out over the side of the mountain and they would see this vineyard and vines attached and things growing and they would see all of this but you and I are smart enough to know that there is a one vine that's providing the nutrients and these branches begin to flesh out over these vines and and from this one main true vine and in fact the Old Testament we see that God's church the Israelites are depicted as branches as vines and God is represented as 
the true vine, even in the Old Testament. And so Jesus is referring to that going, hey, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Jesus is giving us a picture here of saying, you and I, it's hard for us to, I think, really grasp the true vine piece. So when I want to title my message here today, all of that was just my intro. Yes, right? Y'all, I'm just kidding. Um, the title of the message today is Lifeline. Lifeline. That you and I have a lifeline. Jesus is saying, I am your lifeline. If you are tapped into me, if you are walking and living with me, I am your lifeline. I am your true vine. I am the source for your spiritual growth. Jesus, when you and I walk with him, when we understand where our uh, spiritual growth comes from, where our nutrients come from, where we can receive those fruits of the Spirit, where we can see the mighty work in us, we see that it comes. And Jesus is very plain and blunt, right? He says that in me you experience this. In of season, out of season, in hard seasons, and good seasons, if you are connected to the lifeline, you will experience spiritual growth. You will experience what God is doing in you and through you. But he says, I am the lifeline. And he says, if we are detached from that lifeline, we can experience the spiritual fruit in our lives. When we get detached from that, he's not saying we're losing our salvation. But if we move away from God, he's like, you're not going to experience the lifeline or the spiritual health that you are asking for, even in difficult times right? Have you ever been through a season in your life where you're like, this was probably one of the most difficult times of my life, but God did something in me. In fact, we probably will reflect over those hard times, and those hard times, if we clung, you know, in those hard times, we just cling to the Word of God, right? We cling to what He is doing, and when we do that, so we'll look back over the hard times and go, God did more work in me during that time, than the easy times of my life, right? He's saying, because I am the lifeline, the circumstance, this world, the relationships around me, they can support it, but they are not the lifeline, right? He's saying, I am the true vine. And anytime we see a spiritual work begin to happen in us or in the people around us, we know God is moving. If somebody asks you a spiritual question, you immediately know the Holy Spirit's working. You and I know if your kids come up to you and they're asking you questions about the Bible or something like that, lean in. Because the Holy Spirit is doing something, right? If your neighbor comes up and begins to talk about spiritual things, lean in, right? Because God is doing something. He's telling us here in John chapter 15, the spiritual growth in our life only comes through Jesus. The fruit that is produced in us and through us. And it's so much so that we can't take credit for it. Sometimes we, you know, a few weeks ago, we got to experience uh, baptisms, right? People coming to faith and, and declaring that faith in Christ. And how awesome is that? And that's something that we truly celebrate, but we can't get together and go, man, look how good we are, right? Look, look at us. It's like, we can't do that. We have to give all the glory to God because he's the only only one that can produce that kind of fruit in the people's lives and in our hearts. And uh, it reminds me of this story of this. Uh, it's kind of like a folktale, a little bit of this elephant and a mouse. And so, uh, of course, the mouse is tiny and the elephant is they're getting ready to cross this rickety bridge. And uh, the mouse climbs up onto the elephant so they can both fit on this rickety bridge. And as the elephant steps on the bridge, it begins to kind of shake and it's swaying all the way across. And this elephant's taken and the mouse is just enjoying 
enjoying himself. He's on top of the elephant, right? And as soon as they get to the other side of the bridge, the mouse looks down at the elephant, and then he looks back at the bridge and goes, man, we really shook that bridge, didn't we? Right? Like, we, we have that. And I think about that in my life you know, as we walk with Jesus, right? We look back at Jesus and go, wow, we're really doing some good work, aren't we, Jesus? Right? But we look back and it's like, well, Jesus is the one who is doing the work. He is the one that's producing the power in us and through us. And we can't ever forget where that spiritual fruit comes from. Because if we do forget, one will try to take God's glory We'll try to take credit for it, right? Or two, we'll think we can do it on our own. And we'll say, oh, I can just work harder. I can do this. I can check more things off my box. But I need to be connected to the lifeline. I need to be connected to the source. And Jesus is saying, if you want to live with me, stay connected. Stay walking with me. And then he says, I am the true vine, right? I am the lifeline. And then he says, my father is the gardener. And then he goes into this this talk of saying he is the gardener and he will cut out things in our life that are not bearing fruit. And then he says, if it's only bearing a little bit of fruit, but God thinks it can bear more fruit, he'll prune that back as well. And we think about that in our lives. And uh, for me, one of my favorite pastimes is cutting the grass. I love cutting the grass. You know, that's like my time. You know, we got four little kids, but I'm out there in the grass. The lawnmower is going. I'm singing. I'm worshiping. I'm just cutting the, you know, because something that's about when you go back. Anyway, I'm ADD moment. Y'all stay with me. But as you go back and that grass is fresh and it is cut and those lines are nice and you go back and look at that, you're like, ooh, that looks good, right? Like this, like immediately this satisfying moment. But there's something about that grass. If we let weeds start to grow, right, it'll start to pull nutrients from the good grass it'll start to pull nutrients from the flowers and in fact it'll kill the grass it'll kill the flowers it'll kill those things that you want in there and God says I am a gardener I am a good and a loving father and I don't want to let those things remain in your life that are going to suck the nutrients from your life that are going to take away from the spiritual uh, growth in your life but can we be honest with each other that's not the fun part right because sometimes we may actually like that thing that God wants us to remove or God actually removes from our life he is the gardener he is saying I want to take this away I want to take this away because it's not producing the spiritual fruit inside of your life and in the moment you're like oh wait God I I wanted that that was mine I, I like that right but God is going no, no no I want to produce a work in you. I want to produce fruit in you. And anytime I, this verse is, is so impactful, it says um, here in verse two, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Anytime God works like that in our lives, it's not so that we will suffer. It's so that he can uh, experience and move and uh, allow and produce more fruit inside of our lives, more fruit inside of your lives. And so there may be something in our lives that we don't realize is causing bitterness and causing this, this anger that continues to hold on. And we allow that anger to continue to go. And now I'm bitter because I've been holding 
on to this. And God is going, I want to remove that from your life, right? It, it could be relationships that are, that are holding us back. And especially, I know there's some students in the room and uh, college, high school, whatever it may look like. That there may be some relationships that are trying to pull us away, that are draining away from some of that. And God is going, hey, I, I want to uh, have a moment where it may even feel like it hurts in the moment. But God is going to have to remove some of those things in your life so that you can experience more fruit in what God is doing in us and through us. There may be something in our life. Maybe there's even some unforgiveness in our life that is just lingering on. And any time we think about that person, that bitterness kind of comes back up. That rage comes back up. That anger comes back up. And God is going, I don't want you to carry that. I want to be able to take that from you to where you can forgive and let go of that hold, that anger that may have on you. Because if you let it sit, right, if we let the weeds go, what happens? If I walk away from my yard and just let the, lead, uh, the weeds go, they don't die on their own, right? They don't cut on their own, right? No, we have to, they have to be tended to. And it's, we have this moment, this Psalms 139 moment where we say, search me, O God. And do a work in me. God, remove anything in me that is holding me back from experience the fruit that you are calling me to. Experiencing the love and the grace and the truth and all of those things. And we just finished a series called Battle Ready where we talked about the temptations of the enemy. And the enemy wants you to hold on to those things, right? Because he wants you to think we have to have control. We have to hold on to it. But God is saying, I am the gardener. And I want you to trust me. And even though in those moments where I'm going to give, but I'm going to take away, but I'm taking away so that I can bless you. I'm taking away so that I can produce more fruit in you. I can give you the spiritual fruits that God has called us to. And it is for our growth. And what I love about John chapter 15 is that he gives us this progression. He says that we, in this moment, he says there's no fruit. And then he progresses to a little bit of fruit, right? I'm producing more fruit in you. And then it goes even further and says, I want to produce much fruit in you. I want to, I have appointed plans for you that I want you to experience hope. I want you to to experience freedom and peace and grace and rest and self-control and love. I want you to experience those things in your life so that I can get them through you. And other people can see the fruit of God working inside of your life and working inside of your heart. And the thing that we see here is kind of this progressive nature uh, because we live uh, in a culture, in a society, right, where uh, we love, oh, can I just tell you, I just got an air fryer. And that thing is amazing because you can put food in the air fryer and in 15 minutes it is completely done, right? But so many times that's how we want our spiritual growth, Right? We want to be able to pop it in there and be done in 15 minutes. But we see here in John chapter 15, it's this progressive nature, this progressive work inside of our lives. God is, I want to have this crockpot moment inside of your life, right? Where it's this low and slow work where you and I are like, God, I need you to do more work in me now. I'm ready to go now. But God is going, I'm doing this progressive work in you, where one day you feel like you take one step forward and then, God, I'm taking another step back. God, what are you doing in me here, right? And then all of a sudden you look back over five years and go, wow, look at how God has done a mighty work in me. 
Man, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not where I once was, right? Like God is still doing a sanctifying work in me. He's progressing in me. And I don't, I'm not going to be perfect on this side of eternity, but I'm striving. I'm taking one step at a time because God knows you. He knows me. He created us. He knows the very uh, hairs on our head, right? And he knows which way we grow best. And he's saying, I'm going to work on this aspect of your life, this aspect of your heart. And then he goes, oh, you, you conquered that. That is great. Let's keep taking those faith steps. I want to work on this thing now. I want to work on this thing now. And then all of a sudden it'll circle back. And well, I'm bitter again about this back in my past again. And God's going, okay, well, let's revisit this again then. Let's talk about this again. Let's forgive again then. But, you know, and he does this continual progressive work. And it's important for you and I to know that because we can get discouraged and go, well, pff, I'm done. This isn't happening. God's not working in me. And that's why community are diving into the word and knowing how God works in us, knowing how living with Jesus works so that we know, okay, God, you are doing the work. It's just not on my timetable. It's on yours. And I need to surrender to that, surrender to the calling that you have called me to and what that means and how that looks inside of your life and my life. But know that God is doing a work, that God is faithful, and that this verse is actually a promise to you and I. This is where it gets good right here. And I'm going to try not to get too excited. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit that is a promise for you and I if you remain in me and I in you you will bear much fruit amen like if you remain in Jesus if you walk with him he is saying I promise you I will do a work in you you will bear fruit in your life and I can get it through you to others in you if you will trust me remain in me walk with me and experience all of this that I have for you in your life he's saying I want you to know that this is my promise to you as my followers i'm getting ready to go to heaven right like remember we're this intimate setting and jesus is teaching he's saying i'm getting ready to go i'm going to be in heaven but i want you to still live in me i want you to still walk with me and then jesus continues on here because you and i may ask the question well that that sounds great but what does it really mean to remain in me some translations say abide in me dwell in me like we see this and i looked up the word abide and there's this beautiful definition and it may be a little different than what we think of in the moment but it says to accept or act in accordance to a rule decision or recommendation it's like to act in accordance to accept of going okay god i see what you're doing i'm walking in agreement with you i'm abiding in you i'm trusting you and what you are calling me for in my lives and i'm trusting your decisions your the what you have placed in front of me your plan for my life and then he continues on here because jesus being the great teacher that he is he continues to teach and this is where i really want us to lean in and i'd love for you to go home and maybe read john chapter 15 again but this this is where I just just receive this for a moment as I read this. This is pretty incredible. This is Jesus talking to his followers, talking to his believers. And if you're sitting in the room here today, this is Jesus talking to you. If you're listening online, this is Jesus talking to us, guiding us. And this is what he says. As the father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. What a beautiful calling. Like, I just want to speak that over the people who are close to me. Like, I just want to bring them in and go, God wants to do this in you. He wants to call you friend. And no greater love than for a friend to lay down his life for a ransom, right? And he's saying, I, I have done this for you. And Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you to do something I'm not willing to do. I'm going to go first. I'm laying my life down for you so that you can be free, so that we can look at a holy almighty God and he looks back at us and says come on friend right he doesn't see my mistakes he doesn't see my past he doesn't see all of that because I've laid it at the feet of Jesus and now I am free not only am I free but now he's going to produce a work in me so that I can experience joy not only that he said I want to produce a work through you so that you can bless other people too not just fruit for you there's plenty to go around I want to do a mighty work in you you can't be weighed down by the burdens of this life you can't be weighed down by the bitterness of holding on to something that's had us in the past you can't hold on to the weight of unforgiveness and expect to live out in a dark world set free jesus is going no i want you to have joy and i want your joy to be complete in me i am your lifeline and he's saying trust me rest in me, I'm doing the work in you if you will just remain in me. And he gives us two, two ways to remain in him right here in this scripture. Two ways to walk in him. Not only is that beautiful just reinforcement of who we are in Christ, but he gives us this. He's saying the, the first way, if you love me, then keep my commandments. If you, if you love me, then follow my ways. If you love me, then do what I have laid out for you to do. I created you. I know what's worked, works best for you, for your heart, for your mind, for your soul. And he's saying, I'm giving you a way to live. Now live this way of life. And if you're taking notes, I'd love to give you this. My love is expressed in my obedience. My love is expressed in my obedience to God. And I want, I want to say it a little different way too. My love is expressed in my actions. My love is expressed, right? Like if we are talking to someone, we're trying to teach them something, how do we know they are, they are really understanding it? How do we know they're really walking with it and it's really taking hold inside of their life? When they start to do it, right? Like if they can figure it out, if they start to flesh it out of their lives, and we're going, okay, now you're getting it. It's not just something that's here, but you can live it out and experience with those who are around us. And that's what Jesus is saying. Then I want you to love me. If you love me, and one of the ways to remain in me is to do what my commands say, do what my word says. And you and I, we look at the word obedience and um, 
we live in America, right, where um, we don't really like the word obey. You know, like you can't tell me what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I'm living in freedom, right? Like come on. But Jesus is saying, I want you to obey me. One, because I'm your lifeline. And it takes a moment for you and I to, of surrender, a moment of humility. And that's why the Bible says that we must first fear the Lord. And that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of fleshing out his truth into the world is the fear of the Lord first of going, God, you are holy. You are my, you are my creator. You are my savior. I surrender to you. I surrender to your lordship over my life. I believe that you are the Messiah. When I do that, now I'm saying, God, I want to follow you. I want to do what your ways say. I want, I want you to do a mighty work in me. And that, those are the true moments of faith, right? Like I, I, you could easily replace that. My faith is expressed in my obedience, right? Like we could replace that. My love is expressed in my obedience. It's when I walk what, the way that God has called me to walk, but I first must remain in him because as I, the closer I get to Jesus, the more I'm in his word, the more I'm hearing of his truth, right? The more he's doing a work in me, and then he starts to produce the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the self-control. He starts to produce that in us, but he's got to produce that in us first. And then he wants to do that through us, right? And that's when we get to work and we start living a different way. We start talking a different way. And, and people look at our lives and going, wait a second, why, 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 how come you're not? It's like you have this peace. Like, like everybody else is, is not sure what to do. They're kind of freaking out and all these things. But you seem to have this, this peace about you. Like, like everything's going to be okay. And you may look at them and say, I don't know if everything's going to be okay. But I know that. I serve a God who is in control. I serve a God who's still on the throne. I know that God's promise to me is that I will work all things out according to the good of those who love me. And that's where my peace is, not in the world, not in the situation, not in whatever's going around me. But my peace lies in my lifeline, in my true vine. And his name is Jesus, right? And now I can walk in my life from that moment of living with Jesus. I want you to picture a triangle in your minds. And the, the top of it is, is at the more we know Jesus, right? The more we know him, the more we are going to love him. And the more we love him, the more we want to obey him, right? And every time we obey him, we know him a little bit more. He reveals more of himself to us, right? And then we love him even more. And then we want to obey him more. And then he reveals more truth to us and we know him more. And then we want to uh, uh, love him more. It's like this cycle that God continues to do, this progressive cycle of no fruit. More fruit, much fruit, right? Like he just keeps moving this cycle and changing us. And we get to the end of our lives of going, man, I can't believe all the mighty work that God has done in me and through me. So the more that I know him, the more I fall in love with him. Because the more I experience the true Jesus of the Bible, the more I experience how much he loves me and what he did for me. Oh, my love starts to overflow. Going, God, I want to be more like you. I want to love the way that you did. I want to forgive the way that you forgive. Think about this forgiveness for a second. It's not my notes. This is just, we're in this thing together as a family, right? Jesus is being nailed to the cross. And his next words are, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. That's, a, that's another level of forgiveness 
And I'm like, God, how do you produce that? And we can only produce that level of forgiveness, that level of grace if we're connected to Jesus, right? Because Jesus now is the standard of love in which now I must love the people who are around me. I'm not the standard, right? Like Jesus is the standard. And that's what he goes on next, right? He immediately goes, I want you to walk in obedience, follow my commands. And then it's like all of a sudden he's like pulls something in out of the air and goes, hey, if you want to remain in me, love each other. Right. Like he connects the two immediately. He's saying these things are not separate. It's not like love me and then we'll figure this thing out. He's going, no, he brings these together. And if we remember in the book of Matthew, we see that a guy comes up and tries to trip Jesus up. And he says, hey, Jesus, what's the most important law? There's over 600, but what's the most important one? He's trying to trip Jesus up. And Jesus brings these two huge concepts right out of all 600 laws. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. And then he takes this and goes, and love each other as you love yourself. And he brings these two and he connects them together. And he is saying, as we love God, we must also love others. And he brings these two ideas together. And it's like he's saying they're connected. They're all a part of the lifeline. We can't, the the people who I know who are closest to Jesus are the ones who love the people around them the most. The people I know who are the closest to Jesus are the ones I'm like, how did you even forgive them? Right? Like, how did you do that? Right? And they're going, well, Jesus forgave me. And so I'm walking and I, I can forgive them. I can let this go. Because of what Christ did in me. But it only happens by being connected to the true vine. It only happens by being connected to the the lifeline. And the standard of love for you and me is Jesus himself. The standard of love is that we can look to him and go, okay, I want to be more like, I don't want to love like the world loves. Like, I want to love the way that Jesus, he is my standard. He is the one that guides me. He is the one that directs me. And that's why the world can go off and say whatever they want to say. But that's not our standard, right? Our standard of love is Jesus Christ. Our standard of love is to stand in the middle and to be the bridge of going, you're saying this, you're saying this, but my standard's Jesus. And it's this way. If you want to follow us, experience true peace, it's true love, true guidance, then, let, then follow me as I follow Christ because he He is our lifeline. He is the one that gives us hope. He is the one that gives us freedom. He is the one that went first to set you free. And we have a lifeline that the world can't provide. John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, I give you peace. And the peace I give the world cannot give, right? And then he goes right into this teaching of John chapter 15 for you and I. And as I get ready to close here, I invite the worship team back up. We have this this little nugget in here. This is, what, this is what Jesus says. Yes, he says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. That's the promise. And then he says this, for apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying of spiritual, eternal significance in yourself or in this world, you can do nothing apart from me. But if we take that record off, dust it off, flip it over and put it back on and play it the way that Jesus intended us to play it, we read Ephesians or Philippians 4.13. And what does it say? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That in my own flesh, in my own power, I can do nothing of spiritual significance. But in Christ and in Christ alone, I can do all things that God has called me to. You may look at your neighbor and go, oh, I can't love them. Mm -mm. 
Mm-mm. Right? Jesus is going, I know you can't. But stay connected to me. Stay connected to my lifeline, right? Like, I am the source. Let me do a work in you. And become so overflowing with my love, we get this moment, right, where we stand before God of going, God, I didn't deserve your forgiveness. I don't deserve the union that I have with you. And this frees me up to love those who are around me. This frees me up to love without needing something from them to feel validated, to feel approved. Right? Because I'm full. I'm connected to the lifeline. I'm connected to the true vine. That's where my endless supply of love crumbs is from Jesus. And Jesus wants you to know you can have that too. You, you can experience the fruits of the Spirit. You can experience the fruit of God doing a work in you. And, and we see that this amazing thing can begin to happen. Well, when you experience God working through you, Oh, it's like your soul begins to sing. It's like your soul feels at rest. And you're like, maybe I was created for this. Maybe this is what God wants to do. And it doesn't matter what my vocation is, right? Like I could be anywhere. It doesn't matter where I live. God is going, maybe you live there because I want to do a work in you and through you. I want to bear fruit through you so much so that what other people are going, can I have some of that fruit? That looks good. That peace that joy? How do you have joy? I've seen what you've gone through. I know what your life looks like. It's like, can I have some of that too? Like, oh, you're living with purpose? Like, how do you have so much purpose? Like, you're going to work. I know what you're, we have the same job. Like, I don't know how you have so much purpose and joy in that. You're going, oh, my job's not my source of joy. Jesus is. He's my lifeline. And he's planted me here for a reason and for a purpose. And you and I have this moment of opportunity to one, surrender to God and go, God, I want you to do a mighty work in me and through me. And so maybe you want to pray that prayer today and say, God, search me, search my heart. Is there anything in me that maybe I'm holding on to that you're trying to cut away? That, that I'm still holding on to, whatever it may be, God. I pray that you I, I just m remove that in my life. And God, maybe there's something that's, uh, that's, that I'm seeing a little bit of work in, but it may be good, but you want to see great in that. You want to produce more fruits. God, prune that back to do it. God, I trust you with my whole life. I trust you with every relationship. I trust you with every thought. I trust you with every emotion, God. Do a work in me. And sometimes we can even look at our emotions and sometimes, you know, some like this will preach good. Like, oh, tell your emotions what to do, right? All these things. But if we step back, God gave us emotions, right? They may be signaling us that something is going on in us. So what's going on in here? Maybe this is a little deeper rooted than I thought. Maybe this is, you know, it's starting to control me. But God, can you do a work in me? And then I'll start to see the fruit produced. And I just pray that for our church. I pray that for you. 
And as we are connected to him, this is the promise that he gives. Remain in me. Obey my words. Love each other. Begin to do these things, right? No, obey, or no, love, obey. And just see this cycle of God doing a, a huge work in us and through us. And I believe that he's appointed each and every one of us who can hear my voice. He wants to produce much fruit in your life. He wants to do a mighty work in your life, not only for you, but for those who are around you. No matter what your past is, no matter the thoughts that you had last night, like we surrender all of that to God and let him do the mighty work. And we take the, the step of faith to saying, God, I'm remaining in you. I'm going to reorient my life to your word and to your ways. I trust you, Jesus, and I'm going to look to you for my standard of love and help me to love those who are around me the way that you love me. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. God, thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you for being our lifeline. Thank you for the true vine. And this vine, God, we are thankful that it never runs dry. God, we are thankful that no matter the situation, circumstance, trouble, weight, whatever is on our shoulders, God, you can give us the strength to keep moving forward, God. You give us the strength that where you can not only heal that, but you can turn that into fruit, God. And I pray for each and every one of us online or in the room, God, I pray that we would surrender our lives and our hearts to you. And maybe there's something in our lives uh, that, that we feel like is not producing fruit, God. I pray that you would uh, begin to move inside of our lives. And I pray that we trust you when you try, when you, when you take those things from us, God. We trust you when you begin to prune some of those things in us, God. And we're praying that promise over us as a church. God, that we will remain in you and you in us and that you would produce much fruit in us and through us, God, because that fruit gives you glory. And God, that's what we want to do. We want to be a church that gives you all the glory, God. You begin to do a mighty work in us and through us. Help us to obey your word. Help us to love those who are around us the way that you have loved us. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.